Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good, fabulous Friday morning. It's another fabulous Friday morning. And normally I have three fabulous guests, but this morning I've got one fabulous guest. (laughs) We had some folks that had some unexpected things pop up this morning, so we have a star of the show this morning. So um, if this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in the community. So we are going to get started this morning and talk to Stacy Roby from Healing House. Mm-hmm. All right, Stacy, good welcome this morning. Good morning. So you and I sat down, it's been actually several months ago, and you shared your story with me, and uh, it leads into what you're doing with Healing House. So if you don't mind, just share your story, and then we'll talk about Healing House. Sure. So um, I've always been taking care of different family or friends. Um my aunt, when I was young, um, had some surgery go wrong. And so when I was 10, I was actually taking care of her. Uh, she had hospice coming in sometimes and I started helping with her central line. So her IVs and stuff. And, um, I didn't really think much of it then. Um, when I actually realized that that might be different was when my first husband was in a coma and I realized my son was 11 and he probably would never have touched the machines that ran, you know, that kind of stuff. So I thought I was just a girl and girls care. And then I realized, oh, no, there's actually different people that can do certain things. And so maybe that was something I should have took note of earlier. But um, but yeah, so um, I've kind of gone on a journey of seeing different things there um, and then working in the medical system and because I cared and people just want to help. And so I was there and finding some things that were just not um, flowing the way I thought and we weren't getting some answers. So um, looking deeper into why the body was the way it was, that's where I've been good. Um, I always excelled at anatomy and physiology and physiology was just how your body works and why. And that's kind of what I, continue to do now for different people. And it's through the journeys of all um, from my aunt to my ex-husband and my kids having different health things and working in that field, finding it for different patients that we had um, led me to understand I I have kind of a gift that I can dig deeper and really just feel good when I give somebody an answer. So just trying to do that in multiple ways and partnering with others that can do the areas that I don't so that we can help them feel better and feel happier. So can you share a little bit about what you did as far as the medical side, because you've just finished up your schooling, right? And you're yeah. going to be doing your healing house is going to be a, it's a medical clinic. Um, but share a little bit about that experience and yeah. then uh, explain about healing house. So healing, it's called healing house, mind and body. And, um, we will have various types of practitioners. So there will be chiropractors, but there'll be psychologists. There'll be different types of people and different fields so that we really are well-rounded care. Um, and 
you know, I, I did work in brain injury for some time. I, I worked at a brain injury recovery um, program and hospital and facility and then family practice and pediatrics. So I have a wide spectrum of things. Um, and then from there, um, so I'm not um, a medical doctor, so I won't prescribe anything and stuff like that. I could go further, but really I've been doing functional health for a long time. And so I was just advised by the doctors and things I used to work with just to go get, first of all, a health coaching certificate so that I had something to stand on while I was guiding people with those answers and then go to school for functional health. So um, so I have a doctorate of functional health and um, I'm also a naturopath. Um, in that schooling, you can pick a whole bunch of other titles as well, which some of them I consider, but sometimes I'm like, how much schooling do I'm going to keep on doing? <laughs> I can get addicted to learning, so it's a problem. <laughs> but A career student. Yeah, exactly. But it's things that help. Like while I went to this, we had to study iridology. So you study the eyes, you look at it really closely, and uh, your eyes are made from brain matter. And it has nerves that go to every organ in your body. So it actually can tell you what systems need support. But it's very, you know, and so, yes, I can go and become a master iridologist, but I know iridology. And so it does help me, though, in a way that I, you know, went in learning, like, okay, this is cool. But when I realized um, I also had to study Chinese medicine. So when I look at the face and I see the signs that are displaying, like from kidneys or um, colon issues or stuff like that, then the eyes are telling me the same thing. Then I test urine and I see the same thing. Okay, well, now your body's screaming at me in three different areas telling me these organs need support. So I do love it and I do use it because now I know exactly what the body needs more than just one one way. So it's pretty interesting. But um, so, yeah, so Healing House, it won't be medical. It will have some MDs in there, um, but they're kind of different like me where they were just working in their field and they started to see um, where there is just a wall that you hit with what you're doing because a lot of them don't go into how the prevention part. So a lot of them went functional in their field so that they can go to the whys. And then when you look at what's happening, the root cause, you can actually work on reparative and then preventative. So everybody's body is actually made to heal. It just needs to be given the right things. And that's across the board for anything you come across. Um, so the other day, I don't know. I don't know if I like this. I don't have a tag or anything like that. <laughs> but I thought, oh, I, I bring out the heel and healthy. Because everybody wants to be healthy. But if you really are healthy, your body should be always healing different things. Right. So it's bringing out the tools that people need that they can totally do on their own. That's what I really love. If I can just tell people, you know, hey, you can test yourself every time you go to the bathroom and you can know if you're drinking enough water or not. And then you know how your kidneys are functioning. You know how you're processing food or not. And then they are like, wait, what? So I show them a chart and I say, yeah, it should be like this. Now, this is when you didn't drink too enough. And this is when you drink too little. I mean, you've drank too little and this is when you drink too much. Well, then they can do that on their own every day. They can go, oh, I kind of didn't drink enough. I need to drink more. And they know that they're pushing their bodies their organs to be functioning just to do what it needs to do. So those little tidbits that you just guide people with, they can carry that for the rest of their life. They don't need me or anyone else. So, 
but it's critical to their functioning. It's critical to their cognition, their, you know, when they have digestive issues, maybe there's little things that they just didn't know and helps it. So that's what I like to do is just drop the nuggets that they need and send them on their way. Right. So we'll, we'll get more into the healing house of my body and spirit here in just a minute, but a couple of questions for you. So for, we had Jenny Cantrell on a few months ago, who was also a naturopathic doctor, but for those of you who may not, or (laughs) listening, who may not know what that is, explain, uh, what you can do and what the, what, what you can't do and, and just what you do as a naturopath. So naturopaths look at the foundations of health. So it'll be hydration, movement, nutrition, um, rest and stress, And um, those kind of building blocks, that is what your health is built upon. So they don't go and prescribe things, but they do guide you with the changes that you need to make in your life. And they can look at chronic things. They, we study herbs, we study, um, a lot of us know homeopathy as well, which is a different uh, kind of medicine, but um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's different, but anyway, so there's different types of things that you can use to heal. And so we put in those pieces together. So I do know Jenny and we talked and she is a great lady. Um, I, she might be a part of healing house. Nice. It's just, you know, I would like to have more of me and more of others out there. And it's amazing because the healing house came to me years ago and I was like, okay, I got to finish school, got to do this. But in the meantime, I want to find those people that are aligned with me. And I kept on looking and looking and some of them I did fine. But, um, a lot of them, I think I, I believe in God and he just knew the timing. And really it was when I was, maybe he was telling me, don't worry about that now. You're not there yet. And so, um, I had a concussion, so I had to kind of go to cognitive therapy Working in brain injury, it is a whole new world when you experience everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel the way you thought it felt, you know. And it's kind of frustrating because I just wanted to get through school and get it done. But I had to be patient with myself and my brain and just get through. So when I got through, though, I think he used that time to, like, show me different ideas. Like, Healing House became more than I ever thought. And the right people just started flowing and being introduced to me and we just really connected and they were like, yes, I so want to be a part of this. So while I thought that that, and it is still hard, there's still some other people that I really want. I don't know where they're going to come from, but I kind of feel like everything has fallen as, as it should and happened the way it should. And I, I kind of just, I'm going to go with that, that the rest of it will fall right, in place. Right. And so it's just um, a great thing, but yeah, naturopaths, they are not an MD. Um, and, but they do know those tools that you need and that most people don't understand. And so a lot of people, once they start talking to one and they see all the tools that we have and they get really comfortable with that because we're listening and there's certain areas that we're trained in just to listen. And it's kind of like a mental health side to hear what the underlying, is it a fear? Is it a confusion and unsurety? And then you kind of guide them that way. So it's, it's both sides as well. But, um, and it's, it's just interesting because you can keep on learning and getting better at it the more that you practice. And that's just being with people and listening. And so, um, yeah, I just want to have more of those people, any type of those, it doesn't, you know, like I said, um, there's a hormone doctor that I'm talking with, you know, and other people that were in that field and then they decided, oh, there's other ways to do this. 
that's great because it's the people that start looking at what they've been taught taught and then going there's there's more behind it and then they bring extra to what they do they take what they do to a different level and they reach so many people and they find so many answers that just don't go explained in the typical medical world right well i liked how you talked about god's timing because i'm a a believer as well and it's definitely true it's never our timing it's his and you always wonder why is it not now um and you were talking about your concussion and and you know, having to wait and stuff, but all the experiences you've had from your own experiences to helping others, mm-hmm. you are in that, that place where you can help all these people. And we were talking before we got on the air about uh, people in different nonprofits who have lived, you know, their story. I, Kevin Harris, uh, he's one of my favorite people now who all in all out. He was an addict sober now 11 years and he's helping men with addiction. Well, I could go do that and just talk to him, but I've never lived that. But he can, and so it's more powerful when somebody's been in that situation. I think it's the same thing for you. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious. You said you could tell by looking at people's skin, whether it's a mm-hmm. kidney issue or a colon issue. Mm-hmm. Walk us through that. Well, so sometimes um, even from one side of the face to the other can be totally different. And it's interesting because they taught us take a picture of their face. Now take it and edit it to where you mirror the left side of their face and move it to the right side, it will look totally different. Mm. And then you do it for the right, but it helps you to see what's really being displayed in the face. And sometimes when you're just looking at both sides, you, you don't, you see it, but then it's, it's highlighted even more. And so there might be puffiness under their eyes or different lines, different places. There's like a liver area by the bridge of your nose. And so, you know, you can see lines there. It also can tell you, um, if they've carried lots of burdens or they haven't been able to express frustrations or different things that they hold in. So it can tell you personality and how they work, but it also will tell you areas like their liver needs more support. Um, with Chinese medicine, the liver usually holds it. The emotion goes with it as anger. So, <laughs> so you see that, but, um, and so it makes sense when they talk about the personality, if you look at the Chinese medicine, you're like, Oh, those two organs are related. And it's just weird. Cause you start learning other things and then you go, Oh, that's why Chinese medicine says this or that, but the face that is part of that. And, um, and then like your colon and digestion, it goes from one side of your, your colon goes up one side of your body across the top of your stomach and then down. And so it does that on your forehead as well. So you wow. can, you can just see, cause one part of your colon, the ascending part does certain things. The transcending does certain things. The descending does certain things. And it doesn't mean the whole track has to be struggling. Only one area can be struggling. So you can see it on their on their head and their face and different things. So it does display in different ways. It's really interesting. Well, you talk about learning something every time on my show, Stone. I just learned some amazing <laughs> stuff. So I'm going to ask you a question because you could give a testimony about Stacy, right? Yeah, but she's scaring me now because now she can just look at me. She can definitely tell if I'm lying. <laughs> no. Well, go ahead and share. No, well, uh, Stacy Roby is one of my most favorite people in the world, and she would be anyway because I've seen the impact she's had on the community. But uh, I met Stacy 55 pounds ago, and I shared with her, and we were just meeting kind of like a one-on-one. It wasn't an interview. We were just chatting, and I shared with her that I had been to the doctor with the with the PA, actually. Is that the, yeah, the PA rather than the doctor. And her words were, if you would lose 15 pounds, I won't have to pollute your body with drugs because my blood pressure was too high. 
And I told her, I think I can do that. So I confided in Stacy and I told her that. And I said, well, what do you think I ought to do? You know, diet and all that and exercise. And her recommendation was so simple and so powerful. She said, you just, you ought to really think about eating whole foods. And I said, well, I, I like that idea. And I like, I like pizza, ice cream, and hot dogs. But I also like broccoli, cauliflower, you know, all that kind of stuff. I said, I really think I can do that. And I said, but I don't really, help me understand what whole foods is so that I get it right. <laughs> and it's, a, I it's, a, it's a grocery store. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but what she shared with me that helped me so much, she said, if it doesn't come out of the ground or have a mother, don't eat it. And she said, for now, don't even worry about how much. Just start eating real food was basically, I did that. I didn't pay any attention to how much. I just, uh, and then I was kind of reading books and watching YouTubes and all that. And I did start, once I got that habit in there of just eating, really, if it, I didn't eat anything out of a box or a bag or anything. I'm talking about for months. And, and the other thing I started doing, now I, I experienced some success. The, the 15 came off real quick. Well, now I had some momentum and some confidence. And so I'm looking at other resources, reading about people who live longer and all that stuff. And another little discipline I adopted was don't eat till you're just absolutely chock full because you feel awful afterwards. And then I got to the point where I really felt like I actually like feeling a little bit empty, not hungry. I never went hungry. The whole, I never, like willpower never entered into it. And seriously, that was 55 pounds ago. And that is my core main discipline. And now I honestly think, and I don't know enough about the science, Stacy could say, I honestly think that my body has reset a little bit to the point that even if I do have a beer this afternoon, which is very likely to happen. I was going to say it's very likely. I think my body probably treats a beer differently than mm -hmm. it did the day that we had that conversation. Is that, right. it, would that be accurate? Yeah. Cause your processing is healthier and things like that. So yeah. And I, like people will say, oh, well, I eat healthy and stuff. And when I tell them about process, like I told them, doesn't have a mama, does it come from the ground, then you're doing wrong. But I tell people, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you can't go have a pizza. And I told them that. It doesn't mean that you can't. But like do 85%, 80%, like just start doing most of what it is. And I also tell people, know your blood type. Like your blood fortifies everything. Know your blood type. Look at all the foods that are good for your blood type. And anytime you could snack on that stuff, you're doing good for you, right? But like you go to a birthday party, okay, eat some cake if you like it. Eventually your taste starts to change as well. And I didn't necessarily want that to happen, but um, <laughs> it's like I can't eat a lot of cookies or so people will be like, oh, and I, they're like, oh, we brought these pastries. I'm like, I really want one, but I'll probably take a bite or two. And then my stomach will just be like, no, don't want that. So, or it doesn't taste the way I remember like, oh, I used to mm. like Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, don't taste like it. I thought, like, I think, oh, okay, it's going to be good. And when I taste it, it's not close to what I remember it tasting like at all. It's kind of disappointing. But on the other hand, I'm healthier. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not a. Well, you changed loss, my but... life. You, you absolutely changed my <laughs> life. And then losing that 15 gave me confidence yeah. to continue. And then I felt better and better and better. And now I probably am more like an 80, 20, you know, right. I'm going to, I'm going to have a shot of whiskey or a piece yeah. of birthday cake or, or whatever. But um, same thing for me. I don't want like three big pieces of cake. I want like a little half a right. piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so this week's been really bad because my birthday was Tuesday. So I put on three <laughs> pounds this week. Just because of everybody putting Taking food in front lunch, of me, yeah. right? So, uh, but it's funny because you talk about liking pizza. So my mom is gluten intolerant, mm -hmm. and she found at Aldi's this cauliflower pizza. Yeah, it's good, and it it's better than Domino's. <laughs> it is at less and 
I could eat a whole one, and it's less calories than two pieces of pizza from Domino's. There yeah. goes my Domino's sponsorship. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to all these. Uh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But So I'm curious. So my mom shared with me one time she knew a young lady that was told to eat the six meals a day, mm-hmm. right? And she took that too literally, and she literally ate six meals a day and gained 300 pounds. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> if, it's not literally six meals, right? Can you talk about somebody who needs to? Okay, so this really is up to each individual. But my whole thing is I tell people your body needs the main nutrition, vitamins, minerals, protein to function. That is just to digest, think, sleep. I'm not talking anything else other than that. If it's not getting that, then you're at a loss. So if something does come into play and you want to heal, you're already at a deficit. When I look, I test people's urine and saliva. So the saliva tells me their upper digestion from their stomach all the way up. So if I know it's too acidic, they... Oh, I hate antacid, ant, anti-acids because you don't want your stomach to stop producing acid. And they, if you keep on doing that, that's what happens. Then people have the opposite. When they're older, they're like, my stomach doesn't produce acid. Well, that's what you've been trying to tell it to do, which, which really we should have just brought down the acidity. So, you know, but I'm looking at what they intake and all that's important is can they assimilate it properly? Can they expel it properly? Is that happening? Because if not, you can give them as many supplements. Like their doctor will be like, oh, you need more calcium. You need more. Well, if your body doesn't take that in, then what's what are we doing? We're not helping you in any form. So it's just like, or people take different supplements, right? And they're like, yeah, I feel so good when I take it. Okay, now you've just replaced a medicine with a supplement. The goal is to get the body to function and get inflammation or whatever it is running smoothly or not there. And so you don't need these additional things. Then your food just carries you. So when when Stone came to me, I was like, I don't believe in any diets. And he just like, what? I was like, no diets. Those don't. But what I was t- getting him to understand is, yeah, um, I believe in eating more for your blood type to help your blood, um, more real foods. And then when you're looking at that assimilation process, some people, like even your eye type, your eye color tells me different issues that genetically go with that wow so can you give me an example okay so like uh blue eyes are called lymphatic and so they usually have trouble with their lymph and their lymphatic systems and so it drives their digestion a certain way whereas the other types um the biliary and stuff they will have other nutritional and organ that you can see it just goes along with certain things that are going to have struggles. So you know that you want them to support it by food or by supplements in general. Knowing that certain people are better at eating six small meals a day because their body cannot break down that food of a large meal and then it's stuck there. So when food just sits and rots, then you have parasites, bacteria, all this other stuff happening. You don't want that to happen. So for those people, big meal, three big meals is not better for them. Six small meals would be better because they still need that same nutrient. You know, they need that amount every day. But if they can't break it down, you're doing more harm than good. So smaller meals are better for them. On the other hand, more people burn through things and their their system passes it through quickly. Well, then they could eat more because now they're going to. So for some people, I'm slowing down that digestion because if it goes through too quickly, 
they didn't have time to absorb the nutrients needed. It just passed through. Um, and I tell people like the one easy thing is most people don't drink half their body weight in water, but if your brain is 80, you know, 80 something percent water, 90% water, then you need water. Water will help carry those nutrients through you. It also helps the oxygen get to all the places it needs to go. So an oxygen is a medicine all the, all on its own. But um, in the same sentence, I was messing up myself. So I always tell people I'm not perfect. <laughs> Everybody struggles with something. Mm-hmm. And that's just true. So I'm not perfect. I, I, I struggle to get my water in every day. I usually put a timer on. It reminds me. So four, five, six ounces Every hour is all you need. But at the same time, don't drink water with your lunch because it will pull those nutrition. It pulls it through too quickly. So you want something that has substance that's heavier so that it gives your body time to bring in those nutrients needed. So that's why Stone likes beer with his lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that explains a lot because I'm blue eyed. So that can explain it. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious. Well, a couple of things. So when we talk about six small meals, you're not actually talking about, it could be just a granola bar. It could be an apple, right? Well, okay. So I, I don't like anybody skipping any meals. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one thing. Um, our body makes enzymes that help break down food so that we absorb nutrition. Our food also has enzymes in it. However, as we've groomed food <laughs> to be more for taste, we have lost some of the nutritional value and that includes enzymes. So I tell people, take enzymes. You need to take enzymes. You should just be taking that in general. It helps it break it down to where it's small enough to get the nutrients needed, and then anything toxic can pass through. And it doesn't have to be harmful. It doesn't have to be um, a preservative. It could just be toxic for your body. Like my mom struggles with um, any kind of roughage. Her body, it's just harder to break that down. Does that mean she doesn't need it? No, she needs it. But the enzymes, so if you have people that have celiac or they're gluten sensitive or they're um, lactose intolerant, well, if they have enzymes and they, they can still eat that, but it breaks it down to where it's not tearing up their stomach and doing as much harm. I mean, they still should do that less. But people need the proteins at each meal. They need vegetables or fruit at each meal. And um, you ever hear, I hate that Skittles took Eat the Rainbow. (laughs) Because the rainbow was the rainbow of fruit and vegetables. Because your body needs six basic calciums just to function and get all the thriving in there. And they come from different colors of different plants. So that's where Eat the Rainbow came from. <laughs> Not that you can't have a Skittle or something. but That's a good yeah. trivia question. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just the thing. But um, so when, when you're looking at all those things, you're just guiding people to know what they need nutritionally at each meal. So And then the order that they eat, most people don't even know that there's like, you just eat what you eat. But really, if you eat, when you go to a restaurant, they bring out the bread. Don't eat that bread first. Put that aside. What else do they bring out first? They typically bring you out a salad first. Eat the salad. So those fibers will lay down in your gut, like they'll lay down in your stomach. Then when you put your protein on top of that, you have the enzymes to start helping break down protein, which is harder for your body to break down. You need the protein, but those enzymes are going to help break it down so that you can absorb that protein that you need. Then you put the carbs on top. And then because people that have um, blood sugar issues, 
Well, if they're eating the bread first, it's going to dump into their bloodstream. That sugar is going to change really quickly. But if it's on top of the other things, it'll break down slower and then it doesn't affect their bloodstream as quickly. So just different things. Man, so this explains a lot. So I was growing up, I always got uh, picked on because I always ate my sandwich last, but I ate the potato chips first and then the sandwich. So um, I'm curious, though, on well, you say drink half of the body of the water, I, I'm half your body weight. I, mm-hmm. That's a lot of water for me, apparently. So, um, But can you give us an example of what one small meal might look like for, of the six? Just can you, uh, you know, it's different for everybody, but what, what can it, what would one look like? So in general, yeah. I would say six ounces of some kind of clean protein. So realizing that when I tell men that they need protein, they're like steak, <laughs> which you could eat, right? But it's harder to break down. And pork is, you know, if you look at it, it's a not as clean protein, right? So some people, when I look at their urine, I'm like, no pork right now. Your body cannot, it's struggling with protein. Your kidneys, your liver are struggling. So no, no pork. And we need to cut back your protein for right now until your body gets better at the processing, then we're going to bring it back in. Um, and so with them, I might tell them a protein shake would be beneficial for you because you still at every meal should get that protein. If not, your body doesn't have the fuel that it needs. So you need the, you know, six ounces of a protein, six ounces of fruit or vegetables. And when I tell people you can go on a diet, but you're not going to starve when they get out of food scale and they measure that, it is a lot. It is hard to get that down. So my brother was laughing. Me and my mom did, um, well, I did it longer than her. We did a hundred days of no sugar, no flour. And I mean, no flour substitutes so no almond flour, no nothing, nothing processed that way. And then I continued to do it. And my mom's like, yeah, it wasn't that hard. After a while, I didn't even notice. And my husband didn't either. He didn't do it with me during the day. But we ate every dinner together and he did not and he was cooking and he didn't even realize that we weren't having the flour in there and sugar. So we went through that, but we also had our eyes open to how many things have sugar. And mm. the doctor that was behind this, it's there's a book called Bright Lines Eating. She wrote that and she was saying this is a chemical. It is a drug. Flour and sugar is literally a drug. They put in more things so you you want it more. You want more chips. You want more of this. Like why does chips have sugar. <laughs> you think it's a salty thing. Why would they add sugar? Well, that's what it's doing. You know, it's making you want these other things. So anyway, we did that. Then I winded up doing it for 300 days and I just, my body just wanted to keep doing that. Now I've added it back and she tells you how to add those things back in there um, and how to do it healthy. But she laid out the six ounces of protein, six ounces of vegetables. And then she taught you an apple has way more sugar than say blueberries or something like that. So do you want half an apple or do you want like all of these blueberries? Well, then you're making other choices and you're realizing, you know, and for certain people that watch sugar, that's important to them. That's their life. So then they make better choices or, you know, things like that. So, um, we just started realizing even in our natural food, there's better choices that you can make, um, and how much sugar an apple has and stuff like that. So we just started in some of the things my kids picked up on and they're just like, this is funny, mom. Like, I actually want that. Or my mom's like, oh, that's gross. And I was like, but did you try it? And then she's like, oh, I'm going to go home and make that. That was really good. But my brother laughed because, um, we had him come to my mom's house. I said, we're going to eat the salad and I want to, and he's, he's six foot three or four and he's a bigger guy. And, um, I said, I'm going to see if you could eat this whole thing. 
And then when we measured the six ounces, put it in the salad, and we had strawberries in there, and we had blueberries and almonds and all this other stuff and garlic and all. And he was like, this is so good. And then we were just talking everything at the end. He's like, man, I'm full. I said, oh, no, (laughs) that's six ounces that you need. Keep on eating. And he was like, I don't think I can. I said, yeah, you thought we were starving ourselves, but this is what it's like. So when your body gets that fullness, like – like Stone was saying, he never did starve, but you're feeding it what it needs to fuel itself. So, so that would, that would be an example. I, I would cut up like six ounces of chicken and put it into a salad and I measured the, you know, whatever you're putting in there. So I would put cucumbers or tomatoes or kale or whatever I was getting and put it on a scale. It was six ounces and man, it's way more than you think. So, wow. Yeah. So have you heard of Shibboleth? No. So we joined Shibboleth, I guess it was last year, and it's not a diet, but it's a it's a it's a Christian or um, gentleman that started it, and it's teaching you uh, the foods to eat right together. So yeah, you should yeah, look into that. I, I can will. connect you. you. Know who Kim Danky is? Yes. So Kim's into that. You need to talk to Kim. Okay, I would love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's go back to the the healing house, mind and body and spirit. You talked about wanting to find some more folks. Can you share what you're looking for? So maybe we can you know put oh. that out there. Yeah. So, um, I want to hire some other psychologists. Um, the thing is my daughter had a rare inflammation disease. And so we, we tested for all these known ones and it wasn't any of that, but they knew she had inflammation in her body in the process of me helping her get better. And Choa watched us, you know, go through that. Um, there wasn't just an easy answer. So we had to dig deep and I had to do some research and find what would help her. Um, but the key was helping her organs function better, helping those filtering organs, helping her gut. A lot of people do gut cleanses, but if you're not doing anything for your filtering organs, then you're not going to improve your gut. That's how they all work together. So um, we were doing that and she was getting better. However, your emotions also start in your gut and then they send signals to your brain. So her emotional well-being, she already had um, anxiety, but anxiety, depression, everything got heightened and she became suicidal and she went to a mental hospital. So I started digging in. Well, I was in some functional nutrition classes and they said, okay, you're already doing all this, but did you know for mental health, there's plenty of adaptogens and there's oils that help like for the short term, like just to help her feel steady and healthy and, you know, better uplift her. And so I was like, no. And they're like, okay, well, we know you want the research. Here's some research. So I went back to the hospital and said, um, hey, have you, I know we're already doing all this, but have you heard of that? And they said, yeah, we actually recommend people use adaptogens. That's going to be the best thing. And then they said, oh, there's tons of research on oils, but we don't use it. But you're welcome to bring it in. But they saw by the time she left, um, they were just telling me, the ones that are doing this and using a natural, we worked here 25 to 35 years. We've just never seen them. Uh, process and get better like the ones that are doing natural it really does help you should talk to the director over and over so just seeing my daughter struggle is why um i understand that mental health is important i knew that before i had my own struggles as well but um just knowing how psychologists do their things and we need them to guide people but what that mental hospital taught me was that if if we don't incorporate gut health they're really spinning that cycle. And if you slow down the communication between the gut and the brain and have it be a healthy communication instead of overstimulated and it's sending way more signals than it should, then they're always having that struggle. 
But if you told somebody when you're in that state, you feel like this is how life is always going to be. And, you know, I saw my daughter, their school lost so many kids and, and adults I know have lost spouses or stuff. And if you could honestly sit with somebody and say, I felt that way. I know, I remember what that feels like. But when I learned that it's actually a tummy issue as well, it wasn't just changing my thoughts, but what's driving it. So if I change my stomach, then I don't have to feel that way. It is an actual feeling coming from your stomach coming. I understand that. But if we can correct that and it doesn't take long, well, if you give them hope, then they're working on something. And then when they don't feel, when they see that it starts to alleviate, kind of like stone, it didn't take him long to drop that. It doesn't take long to have those emotions change. And then they have somebody, you know, a psychologist helping them through it and boosting them up and keeping them on track. Well, then you're doing good. And then you can turn that person around who can go and spread that to others. So mental health is just as important to me as physical health. Um, I do continuing education every year for psychology. I'm not a psychologist, although when I first left high school, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to do. So I actually was starting on both. And then you're like, okay, this is a lot. I have to choose. <laughs> so, um, but I love it and I understand it, but I want to bring in the psychologist to do what they do. And then I want to look at other avenues that work with like psychology works with the frontal part of your brain. I want to bring in other tools that work with the other areas of your brain so that we actually correct these pathways and then your gut. So it's, a healing house to bring in all those members, the nutritionist and myself or others, um, maybe the, the nurse practitioner, I'm talking to a nurse practitioner, she's a functional nurse practitioner. If we all, anybody that works in a healing house has to be agreeable that we have huddles and anybody that that client wants to bring in, we all huddle to talk about that person's health. So instead of piecing it together, that's what I loved when I worked in brain injury. You had the GI doctor, the respiratory therapist, the PT therapist. You had everybody fighting and working together in a huddle for that patient. And I never saw it when I went to other, you know, family practice, pediatrics. And I was like, oh, why? Why? We call the GI doctor, but then we don't get the answers that we were looking for. What they're, This person's in our care. We're supposed to help them go get the answer. Well, we didn't get the answer from them. They didn't get the answer. You know, it was just like all these pieces instead of really working together. So years ago, I was like, one day I'm going to have a place where people work together. Or I maybe I wasn't going to be a part, but I was going to guide people to start doing that. And so that's really how my dream of Healing House came to be. And yeah, so I'm talking to a nurse practitioner. I really hope and pray that she comes on board. Um I need, I want to offer OT and PT. If it doesn't happen right now, then maybe when I expand again, I will bring that in. But if I can do it now, I want to. Um, and then the psychologist, um, really any person, even if it's an ENT who decided to look deeper and be functional, they have a space, you know, that is the people that I want to have collaborating together because we know the other, the Western world, mm -hmm. Western medicine, but we bring in the other aspects. So, um, there's a lot of women's health doctors that I'm talking to. And so I just want to bring them in together. And I told my husband, I was like, sometimes I don't want to say too much because I, I want to put it out there and bring it in and, you know, keep on saying, speaking it to action. But then at the same time, um, I think this is, I think, I think health is changing. And I think 
other people will start having this thing. And I, I know there's other, I have talked to some great facilities out there. Um, longevity health. They're like, we are happy to help you learn which herbs to bring in and what to avoid and not to, I can lean on people that have a practice already. They're all naturopaths and they do other things. And to see that they're willing to support me and my mission and my goals, it felt so good. That was so uplifting to go. I just want to know if you'll share with me your insight because you're, you've already got a practice and uh, I'm doing more than what they are, but they understand that and they really want me to be able to do it. I love that. I'll be forever grateful for them. And they are like, come back to us when you have questions so that we can guide you. Um, so I just really want to build and I'm, I'm starting in like right under 2,500 square feet. Um, so I'm starting in that space, but I know as I talk to people, I don't have space for them now. So I'll have to expand, but that's a good feeling. Right. But at the same time, I'm kind of overwhelmed, like, oh my goodness, how do I fit them here and draw the floor plans out? And what size room do you need? Cause I want to give them what they need. Um, but I'm just, I'm really blessed to be being advised by people that are like, eventually you just cut the room and say, this is what I have. Do you want to be in it or not? And I was like, oh, thank you, Shannon. Like you for pointing that out to me. You know, I can't appease everybody, but I have the space and I want them to be a part. And if they can squeeze in and be in there, I might just have to do that because right. I kind of get the floor plans need to be done and we need to get going. So, um, but yes, if there's any people out there that um, want to work in this film where we collaborate together they are their own business so they don't have they're not if they already have a business or they are a chiropractor or somebody that wants to have their own business they are totally their own they can market themselves it's just underneath the blanket of healing house where we work together and i think that's a different aspect to it too i'm not a hospital i'm not a medical center that is hiring i know that they have built what they do and they have a gift and i want to work together with that gift so the only employees we'll have is like the staff that helps to flow, you know, people where they need to go and put them on machines. I'm really blessed to also have found people that um, being tapped into the research area, um, they're bringing machines out that anything we can't do as doctors and stuff, um, anything that we can't physically help you with, there's God gives that information to other people that learn how to put machines in that come and do like neuromuscular retraining. So, um, you know, a table that can help people. And we, a couple of weeks back, we put, um, a whole bunch of people on this table and it was just, it brought me so much joy. That's what I loved. I love when I see the results. So, um, we had some stroke people and they had feeling, you know, they weren't doing remarkable things, but they hadn't had feeling in their arm. That's the beginning of healing, you know, and we work from the inner muscle and the inner neuro pathways and retrain it. And then we adjust it slowly. So it goes all the way to the outskirts of the body and then bring it back in. So you're retraining and, and they lay us on it when we get trained. So you know what it feels like because it looks really like, oh, that's are you shocking them or what? But um, then you realize it doesn't hurt. And uh, even my ex-husband went on it. He hasn't opened up his hand in almost 20 years. Wow. And he didn't open it like us flat, but his fingers went forward. And that movement, we've had to pry it in that time to do it. So, you know, just seeing some people or a girl that was in an accident, you know, she was able to grip things again. You know, 
it's something that medically, like, yeah, we're saying go to OT, we're going to PT, we're, we're trying to do that retraining and we're getting their muscles right. And, you know, sometimes like we use Botox to relax the muscle and build it back to where the, the standard should be. But this, somebody got the understanding of magnetic frequency and how it helps our body and it realigns it and it retrains the body in a quicker time frame. Those are the tools that I'm going to bring in to my practice to use alongside the the practitioners that know how to do this. So I don't know. I get really excited about it, but um, that's where I want to make an impact that even when I'm not here one day that this is there and people still come and they get answers that they didn't have and they get tools that they can use. And uh, I, my goal is eventually to do some fundraising with like golf tournaments or other stuff like that. I'm that okay. I, I <laughs> see. That's what I need. I mean, the thing is I made friends from networking that I don't know how to put all this together, but I've leaned on the attorneys or the, this person or that person or payroll person or, you know, all these people that you meet when you network. And I got to say, I, I am so grateful for that because when it came time to be able to do this, it's not done, but I'm still getting the pieces from everybody. So Brian can help me with the golf tournament and the goal will be to have the funding so that when, um, if you know limitless disabilities, if you don't go check them out, but uh, Paige and I, the person that started limitless disabilities, we just really connected on knowing the people that sort of get forgotten or they don't get the help that they need, or they don't have the space that they need to live in or to be in during the day. And if this machine helped my ex-husband who I help, um, if it got him to open his hand, there's no difference between maybe a contractor of a person that has CP or something else. I don't know for certain, but um, the doctors that put it together and invented it, I asked them and they said, yeah, sure, because we're still training that brain in a different pathway. We're creating new neuropathways we're doing. And so um, kind of like this other gentleman I talked to that I hope will come work with me too. He said, you know, I work with genetic diseases. Doesn't mean that I'm going to fix a genetic disease. However, I look at the dysfunction that takes place because of that de- genetic disease then I'm able to help that function. So then I made their life a little bit better. I made the process of digestion or hearing or whatever it is when like with my concussion, I have vestibular issues now. So I've been going to training all this year. I had a concussion 2020, October, 2020. I got hit head on. The vestibular did not show up till really this year. Mm. And so that's surprising, but I do know that brain injuries are, weird like that. But, um, I've been doing this therapy all year and I'm not better. Well, what he was saying is right. Cause you're trying to retrain it. But what happens when the dysfunction is, and they did a test on me and this is where it's at. It's the vestib. My balance is fine. Thank goodness I was a dancer. I can catch myself when uh-huh. I wasn't so steady. Um, they would put me on this thing and the floor moves and all that. And I was able to correct it, but they were like, if you weren't a dancer, you would be on the floor right now. You're at risk to fall. So I got past that, but it's not like the room spins or anything like that, but it, it just is a feeling that goes across me where I feel not steady. Um, but what happens is I'm trying to do the retraining by following my finger across the room and up and down and tilting my head while I do it and put my feet in front of the other and closing my eyes and all this other stuff. But the problem is the communication between my ears and my eyes and my brain. So if that is the dysfunction, if he can go and help me fix that dysfunction, then when I do the retraining, it works. So the same thing for any of these people that have had life 
things that they're born with, maybe we don't change that genetic code, but we help the other dysfunctions that are there. And I don't know how to do it, but I'm, I'm touching, I'm finding the people that do. And if I can bring them in there, and then if I have the fundraising that these families that pay for just daily care for their kids can't always afford things, but if we could do scholarships for those people and then we change, just make their life a little bit better. then that's really what I like to do, what I hope to do. Right. Not there yet, but right. that is my dream. And so, um, I just really hope that I can do that and touch all the different people in the community that way. I, I was trying to look up. I, for some reason, I'm having a brain fog for a moment, but Melissa's her first name, but she does brainwaves stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know her? Yes. Okay. I was going to try to connect you if you didn't, but, yeah. um, so massage therapist, you've got to have all that as well. And I can use another one. Okay. Yeah. I have one. I can use another one though. Yeah. And the thing is, um, Massage therapy. So you can go to a spa and do that kind of stuff, but it's the ones that know fascia releasing techniques and the ones that, um, like people have, like dentists send people for lockjaw, you know, and they go in, they reach inside of your mouth and they're stretching that fascia and they're moving it and manipulating the muscles so that it releases. Or you don't, they do digestive massage or they do where people can't open up their diaphragm and breathe properly. So it's, or they're retraining the muscles when somebody has gait that's off or things like that. It's that kind of massage therapy that I, mm. it's a specific type. So when they know that, or if they know neuromuscular, it's those kind of people that I'm really looking for because, um, when you're working with these conditions, that's what you need. So while massages are great and I believe in self-care and you need that, um, I'm looking for more of the functional things. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so as a, I guess they would be patients, right? Do they come see you? Um, well, some of the people, it's clients. So, clients. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as a client, you know, we were talking about food earlier, and to eat healthy, it's really expensive, right? So, if a client comes to you or and the folks in your uh, the healing house, uh, what does that look like? Is it going to be? Do they you take insurance or what kind of? You know, is it, what's that look like for a client? We're looking at that right now because some of them like um, language and speech pathology. She's like, oh, I'm Medicaid and I'm credentialed for those things. Um, the chiropractor, he's credentialed for those things uh, or the people that he's bringing in. Um, so some of them can take insurance and we'll have billing for that. Some insurance does not unfortunately cover like naturopaths and stuff like that. There are other the one thing I like about my friend Ken is when he designed that table that does the neuromuscular retraining, um, when he was working on it, him and his partner, they, they all are the two inventors. They all thought about this ahead of time and made a ICDC 10 code so that it can be covered. Like they did all the research that needed to go behind it and all the things that you have to do to get it medically covered with the insurance. Not everybody thinks about that. Like hyperbarics does wonders, but it's not approved and it, they don't utilize, they don't utilize it like we could. Um, so some people, some, I'm leaving it up to those practitioners, um, to decide if they will take insurance or not. And it might be in the beginning we don't. And then we see as the credentialing comes in, then later we can say, oh, now accepting insurance and stuff like that. Cause that credentialing can take usually 90 to 120 days for different people. Um, and so, yeah, some of it we will be able to, some of it we won't. Um, at the same time, I want to make packages just for the different beds and things that we have that will help people. 
Um, whereas it might cost this to do it individually, but if they buy a package or some kind of monthly thing, they can choose what was helping them because it, even when we put somebody on the bed, they're making it to where you can have it programmable for different types of conditions. But at the same time, when he was training me, he was like, it's really good that you're learning it before it does that. Because just like with nutrition, it's individual to the individual person. When we're doing this, we're looking at their responses and we're seeing when they're, when they feel something, it, it takes the client telling us, do you feel that? Well, then that's enough for them. If they didn't feel it, we can move it up more because they haven't felt in so long. We're trying to stimulate that. And the more that they can handle, that's fine. And then as the healing occurs, you go less and less because they don't need that stimulation as much. So it's really looking at that person and knowing and observing them. So um, if I can make packages though where they know that this helped them and that helped them and then later on they need other ones, um, they I can make it more affordable for them. Because I know places that charge 150 just to get in a bed or just to get in on these other things. And if people can't do that with their kids, but I say, oh, if you buy 10 at a time or if you buy five at a time, it's discounted. Well, then they'll utilize it and let, and let all the family members use it. Because sometimes it's, oh, each person has to buy this. Well, then if you have two kids that are struggling, what, what the family can't afford that and they got to choose one kid. <laughs> you know, right. I've been in that position as a single mom and, um, you know, my first husband was had a brain injury, so it's not like I could get child support. Not that I needed him or wanted him to, but um, but I needed to support my kids. And I was like, I can't afford a psychologist for both of you. So you go right now because you seem pretty bad. And then later we'll do this, you know. And the doctor I worked for was like, that's so unfair. And, you know, I know life's not fair, but um, if we could do things to make that better where people can afford and get what they need. That's what I hope to do is to be, you know, we have to be profitable. Right. Uh, so I do have to have a charge for it. It has to be reasonable. But if I could sell it to where, hey, it's profitable and then they get it, they get it at what they can afford, then that's the kind of things I want to do. And like brain train, I did want brain train in there. Um, they're limited to zip codes. I'm wanting to talk to them because where I'm located, um, I wanted to bring brain train in. But it's in the same zip code as another person that has it. But if they would make a thing where, hey, I just want you, I just want people, people are coming here for all kinds of different things. And if we could have it in there somehow where either the person that owns that has somebody in there, it's a benefit to have um, to where it helps the brainwave the line properly and retrain it on its own. And there's other, there's, it's not the only one. There's other ones out there that I've looked at in case I can't, I want to be able to provide that because it is part of that puzzle. That's a missing link for either. It can be pain, but it can be anxiety, depression, sleep, all those things. It's a, it's a missing part that helps the brain function the way it should. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that within the guidelines that are right. set out there. So yeah. I think one of your packages should be ACDC with the ICDC. <laughs> Um, all right. So you, you already answered a question I was going to ask. We talk always about power of networking and you just talked about how people have helped you along the way with networking on some things. So other than the reason of just being a helper and, and wanting to help people, why is it important for you to be part of the community? Well, I'm a person that, okay. One of the doctors told me you should go work in research because you're good at asking the questions and all that. Why I don't thrive there is because I'm a people person. I just don't thrive without seeing people. <laughs> and whether it's just going to lunch and maybe there's nobody that I meet that day, 
it's other people that understand we're all in it trying to do our thing and you need that and you need community for, for just different things. You thrive with community. Humans aren't meant to be alone. You know, we need that. Um, but anytime I can even just make a connection, like you connect, you network and you're like, Oh, you need that. I know somebody does that. Here you go. Mm -hmm. That still feels good. It's and, and I wouldn't be able to do what I'm about to do if I didn't have those connections and the people that guided me to the right people. And, um, I, I just love that in the community. I love how Woodstock and Cherokee feels. Um, I loved where I lived before I moved to Cherokee County. Um, but like, it's just, it seems so much more tangible. And I, I just love when you see people and you give them hugs. Like when I came in here, it's like, oh, okay, good. We're all friends. You know, it's just um, being able to do that and have people feel that, that they're part of a community that cares. And when you, when you do, I mean, just, good goes around and I feel you heal a community when you really believe in putting into that community. There's so many things that I would like to be a part of. And right. I'm like, I can't go to that. I'm not here. <laughs> and I, I kind of, I'm like, I'm so sad, but I really want to be there. And I don't want them to think that I'm not there because I'm not interested in, or I don't believe in their thing. That's my thing is I really want them to know I do care. But at the same time, I, I just only have so much energy or I'm only can be in one place at one time. But um, but I love to support others and find those needs or those niches like brain injuries. You know, it's a silent epidemic and mm -hmm. it's been that way for a long time because um, even in trying to find housing for him, uh, my ex-husband, we moved him here and um, he just wasn't given the care from his family that he needed. And and I think they were probably also stuck with what they can do and stuff. But um. We brought him here and he lived with my sons who love them. I love them, but they're in their twenties and they're trying to get their own life together. So they couldn't always make sure that he went to therapy or, you know, Oh, we had, to, you know, so I was like, all right, well, but I was just getting married when he moved here and he, him and my ex-husband have, I mean, my ex-husband and my new husband, they have a special friendship and people sometimes like, how does that work? My ex-husband, you know, we didn't get divorced because we were on bad terms. It was his brain injury and the emotions that they go through while they're healing where it became dangerous for him to just, I didn't want my kids to grow up not understanding what was correct behavior, what wasn't. Um, and just because he lost field of vision, sometimes he would slam down his cane and it, somebody pointed out to me, what if your child was laying there watching a movie and he just slammed down his cane, but it ruptures their whatever and they die. It wouldn't have been that he was malicious, but it was something to think about um, because he had done that on my foot mm. <laughs> and it didn't mean to hurt me, but he just was frustrated and I'm helping him walk without a cane and that's where it landed. But, um, but so we didn't get to live together and then his parents, you know, convinced him to get divorced and stuff. So it didn't mean that we didn't love each other um, or that, you know, I just always would tell him when he was going through the emotional part, um, I know you're mad. Don't talk to me that way because if we want to always be family, we can't hurt each other. So I'm going to let you go. And when your frame of mind comes back to where you normally are at, then just call me back. And then he would say, oh, I'm sorry. They got me aggravated about this. And then I just started going off on whatever. And um, so we just committed to always being family. And um, yes, my love for him changed. Now he feels like a brother or he feels like a, just a family member. And um, him and my, you know, my my husband now never had the chance to have kids. So he says, you know, he always tells them, thank you on Father's Day for giving me the kids that I never got to have. And, 
you know, raising, and, and my ex-husband says, thank you for raising the kids when I wasn't, when I can't do that. I couldn't, I didn't have the mental time to be able to think of the age that they were on or, or be the father that they needed. So they have a special type of bond too. And, um, so when we saw that he wasn't getting his needs, we're like, well, we didn't bring him to Georgia not to be able to flourish and have the best life that he could. So we moved him back in, in with us. My daughter had moved out. So we moved him in. Um, actually she, he didn't move into that room. We, we, he just took our guest room, but, um, but we just want him to have, you know, the best thing that he can. And so, um, I'm sorry. I forgot what the heck I was talking about. We're <laughs> talking about community. Back. Community. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen that people go, oh, you take care of him and this and that. But it's really just seeing that need. And as we moved him here, we're like, okay. So not that we mind him living with us, but we would like to have our own space. I started looking and I was, you know, I met the lady, Kathy. She works with Cobb Senior Services. And I was like, hey, do you happen to know any place that he could go live? And I think I even asked you. I was like, Brian, you know this place for men. Do you do you know if they take this people? Well, there's facilities for um, if you're autistic or you're learn- mentally disabled and you have learning things. They have different housing for those people. But there are still people that fall through the cracks. So um, what do you do if somebody has those disabilities, but they can live on their own, but they are on social security because they're disabled and they can't afford regular housing. It's just a, a problem that you find. And there's other things that fall into that too with things that he needs, but I know he's not the only one. There's right. other disabilities and things that people have and they fall through the cracks. Right. That's where you have to have a community to go, well, how, if we don't have that conversation and you don't recognize it, you don't know that there is a, a missing piece. Right. And how do you take care of those people? Cause they live in our community and they need the services. That's why I thought Paige was so smart in doing what she was doing. And, um, I don't know the answers as to how we help those in that, com- in, in these communities. You know, we live in Cherokee and we're trying to help everybody in that. I don't know if we eventually find an answer or, but if we're talking about it, it's the only way to, do right. that and meet others when you meet others. And, and, you know, my ex-husband had a severe traumatic brain injury. I have two cousins that had brain injuries way before he did. Um, and you couldn't tell by looking at them, they function. I have friends that I've met in the community and their husbands have brain injuries and I have a gentleman who has a wife. They're different levels to their functioning. Not everybody's the same right. just with other disabilities. So, you know, even though you might find an answer for some people in that community, other people need a different complete yep. answer. So I don't, I don't know what we do, but that's part <laughs> of being in the community where we try to work together. Right, and right. <laughs> so that's just, um, I don't know. Community means so many different things to me. Right. So, so I'm curious, uh, what was my answer to you? Do you remember? Did about, I give you when you asked about a facility? Yeah. You told, I did call and I can't remember the name. Hickory log. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure I gave you the right one. Yeah. Um, so I have an idea we'll talk about later for your fundraiser other than the golf tournament. So okay. you remember what we did for Kevin? Yeah. That would be perfect for the brain injury. So locker room chat with all the former athletes. That's oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, if somebody's listening um, and wants to find out of being able to come to your services, first of all, where, where is your location going to be? So the location is going to be on Piedmont Road across from Sprayberry and Marietta. Okay. There's an office complex over there. So we're going to be over there. I am drawing up the plans for the build out and um, hopefully 
in November, if not sooner, will be open. So if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you even before you're open, how can they get a hold of you and talk to you and see that you can help them? Right now, you can email me. Um, so I'm getting the email working for Healing House, but right now it's Stacy with an I E B, just the letter B, healthy at Gmail. And uh, I don't want to put my phone number out there. So that's it. But um, but email me and then, you know, I respond. And then if I need to call, we call and we go from there and connect you with the people that would be right for them. Um, and then we're going to get the website built and things like that. I wish it was up already, but just so many pieces to the puzzle that I'm trying to uh, resolve. So, um, but yes, then I do want to have the website where they can contact and it'll take them right to the person they need to or our care coordinator who will then contact them to the person that they need. Okay. Well, as we wrap this up, I always like to end this way. Uh, if you could give some positive either quote, nugget, or word, somebody to live on today and the rest of 2023 with and beyond, what would you say? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> um, there's a few quotes that I'm seeing pieces of that I'm like, oh, that's that's good. This is good. I don't know, but I can make up something on well, my go own. Ahead. Um, I mean, I just think if you if you love people, everything comes out of love, nurturing everything. Nothing can come bad from love. So if you're forgiving and you're patient with people and you love them, that's how you change and nurture and heal a community. Awesome. Well, the other thing I do is uh, the thank you is a lost art. So thank you, Stacey, for what you're doing for the community and trying to help people in their healing. So thank you for that. Everybody out there, let's remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable.